Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right. You heard the man. You know where you are. You know who this is. And if you don't know who this is, I am Tyler Sheff. I'm the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about technobabble. What do I mean by technobabble? Well, that's a term I learned when I was studying marketing a couple of years ago. Uh, Dan Kennedy and, and Russell Brunson and some other folks that I was reading their books, they talked about cautioning us as marketers about using technobabble. And you're probably asking yourself, well, Tyler, why are you doing an episode on technobabble? Why does that matter to me? I'm just a guy looking to buy a rental property and try to do the right thing and stay out of trouble and all that good stuff. And I'll be honest with you, technobabble is probably what's killing your business to a large degree. And here's what I mean by that. I got an email recently, a couple of weeks back, and I saved it. And I, the reason why I saved the email is because I thought, you know, here's a great example of what I'm talking about when I mean technobabble and how it can make you ineffective uh, as, as an investor. It just It'll completely blow your opportunity right out of the water. Now, I know a lot of people in my world, and frankly, I've been guilty of it myself using, we all are, of using technobabble. And sometimes <clears throat> we talk at a high level. Uh, some of us do. We use big words. And a lot of that comes from our own uh, maybe insecurities or whatnot. We will tend to use big words, things like exacerbate or maybe buzzwords like systemic and things like that, because we want to impress people with our language. A lot of folks, uh, everybody, me included, we want people to be impressed with us. We don't want to be thought of as stupid or not well-read or well-spoken or anything like that. And but sometimes that can wildly backfire. And you're asking, you probably wonder, why does that matter to me? And well, it matters because sometimes when, you, you, when you're communicating, if you're not clear on what you're trying to say to someone, they're going to miss the message. And if you're trying to get somebody on board, the one thing you don't want it with, with your ideas, that is, the one thing you don't want to do is to, is to do anything that would alienate them. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, I learned a while back about the, uh, when I first got into, into multifamily side, it's kind of a, to some degree, a boys club, right? I went to a couple seminars and learned about syndication and raising money and all that good stuff. And the the guys, there's a lot of guys out there doing it that are, I'll call them your celebrity uh, money raisers that use big words. They talk uh, using fancy terms. Uh, the commercial realtors are guilty of this a lot. So are actually realtors in general uh, or any type of investor. They use words and terms that the people around them, the people that they're hoping to influence, don't understand. And when you use these terms and buzzwords and uh, and people don't understand them, you're not being effective as a communicator. And I can tell you, as far as I'm concerned, if you talk at such a high level that I don't understand you, I'm going to check out. I'm not going to pay attention to what you're doing, uh, and I'm not going to engage, which means you've wasted your time even reaching out to me. And this email that I'm about to read you verbatim is a great example of that. And it says, hi, so first of all, this person, I've never met this person in my life. Okay. So this is a cold reach out. This woman has never met me, uh, had, doesn't know, know anything about me, my business, <clears throat> my, uh, intelligence level, anything. So does, does, she doesn't know anything about me. So this is just a random email and here it goes. Hi, Tyler with compressed returns on strong CRE assets, parentheses, MF, SFR, data center and logistics, we are providing equity alternatives for 25 to 35% of project costs at sub minus 4%. New development projects included must be 35 mm plus 
Minimum project size, no max. That's the first sentence, guys. So what does she mean? Let me decode it for you. Basically, what she means is since returns are diminished, apparently, in the sphere of people that she's working with, boy, I feel sorry for her syndicators, um, they feel that their product, they can essentially fund your deal. They can loan loan you money, okay? So that's a what I, what I read, what she typed was a fancy way of saying, we can loan you money because we know that it's harder to get big returns right now, which I think is a bunch of crap, but that's a whole other story for a different different topic, a different podcast. She goes on to say, recently we provided funding for 88 and 89% of cap stack on two existing class A MF properties in FL with a blended cost of capital under 3.5%. That's a sentence. Not kidding. That's an actual sentence. So let me let me break it down into English. Basically, what she's saying is they provided 88 to 89% of the funding of the, the, the money, okay, uh, for two class A, which are the real pretty ones, multifamily properties in Florida. Okay, that's what she said. So basically, we gave Ching Ching to a fancy place in Florida. Okay, that's that's the the uh, the urban definition. Goes on to say the next sentence is it made each sponsor more competitive in their winning bid, which seems to be the standard for good quality existing MF projects lately, as I'm sure you know. Well, how does she know that I know? Because I'm have never met the woman. She's making assumptions. This is a cold email. So she's talking about multifamily real estate. I've never spoke to this woman in my life. I could be a guy that doesn't have anything to do with real estate. Who knows? Uh, let's see. She goes on to say, we are providing 90% plus of the capital stack on MF developments in primary to tertiary markets with strong market trends. This is allowing our sponsored developer clients to complete their projects with no dilution by replacing LP partners. Now I get some of you are probably listening to this and you understand every single word she says, and you're busy patting yourself on the back for how smart you are. But at the end of the day, I can tell you that probably 95 to 99% of the people that receive this email like me had to read it more than once to understand what the hell she's talking about. Now I understand what she's, what she means only because over the years I've happened to study and learn the definitions for all these fancy buzzwords that she's using, but good gravy sentence structure needs some help. She goes on to say, well, let me, let me dissect that. Basically what she's saying is that they're lending 90% or more of the money on multifamily developments. Okay. Uh, in primary or tertiary markets. She also says, you'll be you'll also be very impressed to see how it substantially returns your project returns. How in, <laughs> Let me try that again. You'll also be impressed to see how it substantially improves your project returns at exit. Now, unless you're a multifamily person, you're, you're a syndicator, you're or a deal sponsor, you understand what exit means. But to the average investor, they have no idea what the hell I'm saying. So why would I use language that would intentionally alienate a large number of the populace? It doesn't make sense. Uh, So then she goes on to say, we'd like to learn more about your investing platform and share more about our vertically integrated, low-cost, higher-return funding. 
Let's connect. Here's my calendar link. So I'm reading this. I'm going, Whiskey, Tango, Foxtrot. This chick really needs to learn how to communicate. I mean, she's just having a tough thing. So I replied, because, you know, I do. I said, hi, this email is extremely confusing with all the buzzwords. Care to summarize what you need in plain English, please? Question mark. She replies back and says, hi, Tyler, deals are getting tighter. The old GPLP model isn't working as well. So we've created new-to-the-market capital solution that replaces 30 to 50% of your capital stack with institutional money for a fixed rate. Replace your expensive LP, PREF, MES money with our money for around 5%. Minimum deal size for multifamily is $25 million. We're happy to discuss further on a call if you're interested. Now, I'm sure she must have put some thought into dumbing down that email because I said to her, and I understand what she said, but I wanted to point out that her email is ineffective, hoping that she would maybe, when she sends emails out in the future, do a better job of being a more effective communicator. And she still insisted on using buzzwords. So in case you guys are not clear on what she's saying, deals are getting tighter. Okay, that's obviously, that's plain English. The old GPLP model, what she means is general partner or limited partner. So when you're doing a syndicate and you're raising money, generally the people like myself, like Mike and I, Mike Marino and I are, are considered general partners in uh, Key West Cashflow. So we're general partners. And on the other side of, of the LLC, we've got limited partners. Those are you guys, you go the, the people that are putting your cash into the deal alongside of us. We're investing our money. You're investing your money. We're going to be the general partners. Everybody else, the passive investors are going to be the limited partners. Okay. So that's what she means by GPLP model isn't working as well. Well, I don't necessarily agree with her logic, but whatever. I guess it depends, right? Um, so she says, we've created a new-to-the-market capital solution that replaces 30 to 50% of your capital stack. Simply put, they have a, a lending product or they have a loan program that helps multifamily investors. That's what she's trying to say. Now, she used all these big, fancy Harvard words to say a very simple message, what could be a very simple message. She talks about replace your expensive LP, PREF, or MES money with our money for around 5%. What she means is a lot of times when you bring on limited part, well, all the time, at least I hope you do, when you bring on limited partners, you got to pay them a percentage of the profits. So if you invest with us down in Key West, that percentage for you guys is around 70%. You guys get 70% of every penny of profit. Plus, plus, plus. It's a great setup, right? So what she's saying is that I don't have to give 70% of my profits to the investors if I go with her company. Well, she's kind of going a long way around to say that. Now, she, when she says pref, she means preferred return, which is usually a profit right off the top. I'm not a big believer in preferred return, guys, and I'll tell you, because I, I think it prevents the asset. I think it winds up costing the investors money overall because it it relieves, it takes the takes it makes it more challenging for the general partners or for the asset it really is what it comes down to to really supercharge uh overall why run a skinny deal and just hope to profit when you sell it why not focus on building the cash flow maximizing the efficiency of the product building up the highest cash flow you possibly can so you're making your distribution checks so you get your checks every quarter like if you invest with us you get paid every quarter wouldn't it be nice to have big quarterly uh return checks and 
a nice big fat check at the end when we sell the asset? Wouldn't that be better? Or would you rather take your money up front and get less in the end? Because that's really what happens when you get into preferred returns. A lot of people use preferred returns, I think, as a way to try to entice the investors. But I can tell you, a lot of the people I know uh, that are savvy, that are accredited investors, that invest uh, in other people's deals, they know that preferred returns are usually highly overrated. And it winds up resulting in the asset not performing as well as it could if it was allowed to breathe and run, right? Allowed, allowed to perform really well to maximize its cash flow. They can reinvest some of the profits back into the property and make it perform much better financially. That to me makes a lot more sense because I'm all about, let's make the most amount of dollars possible. Everybody, that's the partners too. But essentially, then she talks about mezzanine debt, which is, uh, you can Google that. I don't remember the, exactly how to describe it, but it basically it's a, it's like a hybrid type loan product. But again, these are real fancy buzzwords, very popular in the commercial realm of things, multifamily, commercial multifamily, the bigger multifamily, that type of thing. Commercial brokers tend to use this stuff. But these buzzwords, guys, can cause you to, to alienate. Like, here's a lender who wants to loan money. But her message was unclear. I had to read it twice. And frankly, the only reason I read it twice is because, oh, here's an opportunity I could use this to teach folks how to be more effective in their communication. Because if you are a person, let's say you're a lender, you want to call a guy like me who's a simple guy and say, hey, man, I got some great opportunities in lending for you. No, don't have to worry about uh, personally guaranteeing it. We'll fund up to 80% of your deal. It's not hard money. Uh, money won't cost you more than about 5%. See, those are plain and easy, simple words, right? I, we don't have to s say it in Latin. Uh, so I think you're smart because at the end of the day, if I have to think too much about it, my brain's going to go to no. I'm automatically going to say, yeah, forget it. Because at the end of the day, if I don't understand what you're saying, I'm a lot of, I'm like anybody else. I'm probably not going to want to work too hard to try to get an understanding from you. It's easier just to say no and make you wander off and go away. So think about that when you're out communicating with folks this year. A lot of people make this mistake with sellers when they're talking to sellers. They start using all these fancy real estate meeting terms. They use things like subject to, oh, we're going to do a subject to and a substitution of collateral. We'll do a 30-year note with a option of a five-year buyback and a an ARV and, uh, and CBS, which means concrete block structure. In South Florida, that's the thing they always say in Florida is, in South Florida, they say CBS. Well, in Tampa, they don't say that. So usually if somebody in Tampa says CBS and they're not talking about the new station, that means they're either from Miami or they're a virtual wholesaler. That's usually what that tells you, just in case you're wondering. But my point is, is if you're trying to be clear to get your point across, like, hey, Mr. Seller, I want to buy your dump, then obviously you wouldn't say that either. But you, you, Mr. Seller, my goal here is to help solve the problem that you have with this property by taking it off your hands, right? Real plain English, real simple. You start going in using all kinds of fancy words and speaking like you just graduated Harvard or that you have a law degree. Well, that's a problem, you see. That's a problem because the seller's not going to understand what the hell you're saying. And if the seller doesn't understand what you're saying, you're kind of wasting your time even speaking, are you not? That would be kind of be like coming up and starting talking to them in Greek or, or Latin, if you will. It doesn't make sense. People say they, it's, I'm easy to understand because I'm a simple guy and I keep it simple. I'm, you know, I'm relatable. People, I'm like everybody else. I'm like every one of you listen to the show. I'm no different than anyone, any one of you listen to the show. I'm not some hotshot uh, rock star, you know, 
Brian Serhant type uh, real estate broker. That's not me at all. I'm a guy that sells houses. I'm a guy that gets marketing and, and loves the study of marketing. And I'm very clear when I write and when I speak, I'm very clear so that the largest number of people can understand me. And I can tell you that when a large number of people understand you, you can accomplish great things. You can make a lot of money. And if you're in the sales space or you're a real estate investor, you're trying to buy houses, you're trying to sell houses, you're trying to loan money or borrow money, be crystal clear. Okay. Mike and I have learned this because we've been talking to commercial lenders. Uh, as we build this fund, we're looking at lending opportunities. We're looking at a property right now. Now our fund uh, is $10 million. We happen to be looking at an asset that's $14 million right now. It's a pretty sexy asset. Speaking of which, we've got a webinar coming up at the end of January. You'll want to make sure that you're on that webinar. So in about a week's time, you need to head over to our website. And basically the simple way to get there is just type in keywestcashflow.com forward slash home. Um, and then it'll, it'll get you right to our, our website and you can register for the webinar if you want to get a firsthand look on what we're doing down in Key West. It's pretty sexy. I think you guys will enjoy it. And I'm going to give everybody an inside track on what I'm doing, how I'm getting my leads, how I'm generating my leads. I'm going to break it down how we're looking at these properties, how we're going to make them profitable, what specific things we're going to do to make these things worth a lot more money. Getting back to the, the conversation at hand, I'm talking to, we're talking to these lenders. And we were talking to Wells Fargo recently. Mike and I were on a conference call with Wells Fargo Business Banking. And they, again, the guy's using all these big, fancy commercial buzzwords. Now, a couple of them, I didn't understand what the hell he said. So I had to ask him for clarification. I'm like, can you, what is that? I'm not sure. And then he answers me, but he says it in a way that's a little demeaning. So now I kind of think to myself, well, dude, you're a dick. <laughs> so I don't want to do business with you. I, I'm not going to fill out an application for your crappy loan package because I think you're an asshole. And you opened that up by using big words. Maybe it was a vain attempt to, I don't know, make me think that you're smarter than you are or something. I don't know. But what happened is you lost my business, you see. Because now I'm just not going to deal with you because I don't like you. And if I don't like you, well, you're not going to get my business. And that's kind of what happens, guys. And it's very easy to, especially now, everybody's sensitive, right? Everybody's, look at what's going on in the airline industry. Uh, stewardess and whatnot and, and um, support staff for the airlines, they're getting, their, they're getting a bloody nose and their teeth knocked out, for God's sake, just because they asked some idiot to wear a mask. And he decides that suddenly that's new information like, oh, what? Well, there, there's a mask thing? What? What? and punches some woman in the head. I mean, that's mind-blowing to me that goes on. But keep this in mind. When you're talking above people, you're going to wind up alienating them. And then they're not going to want to do business with you or buy into whatever it is you're selling or get on board with your plans or your ideas. And therefore, it's a colossal waste of your time. So guys, in 2022, let's try to be super clear when we communicate, whether it be in writing uh, or by advertising or by spoken word. Let's be super, super clear so that everybody can understand us, okay? Uh, all the great copywriters, the professional copywriters, advertising writers, they all say flat out, you should write at the sixth grade level, uh, between the fourth and the sixth grade level, so that the largest number of people can understand you. Keep in mind, the, the downside of when you don't do this, when you alienate people, what happens People won't want to do business with you. And 2022 could wind up being a lonely place if you're not paying attention to how you're talking to people, uh, how you're addressing them. And we don't want to go through having to offend people and whatnot or 
making a concern, you know, making a, a statement out there that would make somebody feel that they're diminished or whatnot. It's just not an effective means of communication and it's not going to serve you well. So there's no sense in doing it, right? No sense in doing it whatsoever. So guys, I hope you have a great year. Uh, I hope to see you on our upcoming webinar. If you're interested in that and you want to find out more about what we're doing in Key West, then make sure you join us on that webinar. It's coming up here at the end of January. And the way to get there is to go to keywestcashflow.com forward slash home. keywestcashflow.com forward slash home. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on that webinar. So I'm going to leave it right there, guys. Have a great week, and I'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.